to this point. At what point did you transition to say, okay, now it's time to run my own business okay. and start signing these so artists? So that's when, um, okay, so towards the end of the 12 years, mm-hmm. and, 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 and Charles and I were not seeing eye to eye on how <clears throat> to get to the next level. Yeah. Um, and so I made a, a, a real, real deep decision to like just separate myself and start Songbook. Mm. Well, Trey Songs was in the middle of us because he was supposed to be our artist. Okay. I met Trey because Trey's stepdad and Charles went to high school together. Okay. So uh, his stepdad asked him to listen to his son. And so me being the music guy, Charles sent him to me to tell him mm-hmm. about, you know, what I thought about his son. Right, right. Pretty much. And so that's how I met Trey. Well, Trey got caught in the middle of this yeah. separation. Um, because Trey, you know, the the agreement was that Charles made to Trey was, if you do 60 songs, after you do 60 songs, we'll start shopping you a deal. Mm-hmm. So me leaving, I didn't want to interrupt that, yeah. that, that deal, but I would still work with Trey. But... I'm not going into the office. I had an office on 23rd and Broadway. Mm-hmm. And so me leaving the characters, I stayed home, which yeah. was in Teaneck. So Trey would continue on going in to do that, but then he would come back and work, work with, with me. You. Yeah. yeah. Until he did 60 some odd songs. Now, I say this because they weren't all like good and yeah. they weren't all like... Like, you know what I mean? They weren't all spectacular. Not at all. And then some of them were started and not finished and whatever. But because I was the music guy when I left, there wasn't anybody there to guide him. Right, right. So he felt like, shoot, I did 60-something songs. So now I don't have to keep going in. I could just stay here. Mm -hmm. Until Charles felt like, yo, where's Trey? And how come he's not coming in? And he felt like, you know, he was kind of like being disrespectful Mm -hmm. and kind of kicked him out. Got you. And Trey laughed. And so <laughs> and so at that point, once once that was that relationship kind of separate between him and Trey, and yeah. then that's when you it, And then that's when I realized I could do this myself. Yeah. Every because I res, you know, I respect the positions. And that's another thing. When you do have your team, you respect each other's position. Mm-hmm. And I respected Charles' position. He respected my position. And since he was the the business side, right? It didn't occur to me that everybody he knew, I knew. Right, you had built the relationships. Yeah, so it was like because I was so used to staying in the studio and having, having him, him do go that. Out. What yeah. was starting to happen was that was the time where the producer, the creative, was starting to yeah get the attention. Yeah. That was manager time. That was Suge Knight and mm. and, and Russell Simmons time, where the managers was was the guy the focus. Now was starting to come to the producers. Yeah. And so I started realizing I know everybody that he knows. And so I agreed to take Trey on and get his demo and that's it. So did you have any, I know you worked with artists from their beginning, Infancy State. So you had that sort of experience of what it took to break an artist. But what was, what was different when now that it was your label? Hmm. Um, it wasn't anything different because I'm still an artist developer. Mm-hmm. And you know that craft is gone. Yeah, they don't do that no more. But I knew how to build an artist uh, outside of the creative first because mm-hmm. it starts with who you are as a person. Yeah, 
People don't, they skip over that part. That's why mental illness is kind of like in the music industry really huge because they ignore the person, the, person is. Yeah. the human part. And when you ignore and suppress that and you try to keep going for your goal and, and forgetting that, uh, you get anxiety when you talk in front of people or you don't like certain things and you forgot. Mm-hmm. So then when you become what you think you wanted to become and it's time to do those things that you looked over, yeah, then all of a sudden you... Yeah, you started to get that, mm-hmm. that anxious feeling yeah. you were talking about. So I always tapped into the person. Trey and I, we bowled, we did play pool, we go see movies, and just he was young, you know what I mean? So yeah. just building him from uh, as a young man, and I would always ask him, you sure you want to do this? Mm-hmm. this, is, this is... It's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough. So. Yeah. Um, but he, he listened to everything. He stuck with it. He did everything I told him to do. and Yeah, yeah it worked out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how did y'all end up picking Atlantic? So Delonte Murphy uh, was my manager at that time. And so to keep it close, I I suggested Delonte to be Trey's manager at the same time. So it was three, three Mm -hmm. of us. And then Delonte had Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish worked with Delonte's, you know, on the management side. When I broke away from Charles, Mm -hmm. the word started getting out that the characters broke up. That broke up. Which was a big deal. Yeah, and so Delante got wind of it, and I knew Delante in passing and met with him a couple of times. He called me and wanted to have a meeting, and he, you know, just quite frankly offered to manage me, which mm. was weird for me because I always had Charles, right? And so, long story short of that, I just told him, listen, whatever you get me that I don't know of. Mm-hmm. You get twenty percent, but if you get me something that I already had a relationship with, you get right. fifteen. Right. That way, that will push him to to go out there and make new relationships. Exactly. Yeah. So when I made Trey's demo, mm-hmm. I gave it to Delante for him to show me what he can do. Right. And so we he he sent it to everybody. RCA, DreamWorks. He sent it. Def Jam. We sent it out to everywhere. Yeah. Um, Dwindling it all down, it came down to DreamWorks and Atlantic. Mm. So DreamWorks, Brian Postel. Brian sent us out. He wanted. He really, really liked Trey. Yeah. He flew us out. We had this big thing, soul food and, and, and gifts and, and all this stuff. And they really, really wanted us. And who was, who was the late? Uh, it was a son, father's son. Uh, Mike, uh, I forget their name. Mike. Anyway, they were ahead of DreamWorks, DreamWorks, the label side. And so we met with them, and Trey was really excited. And then we got a deal offer from, from Atlantic. Atlantic. And so it was Mike Karen who Delante sent it to. Mm-hmm. Mike Karen's boss, Craig Kalman, I knew yeah. for years, but Mike was new to me. So Delante and I, we felt like, yo, the deal of Atlantic is great. The money of DreamWorks is it's great. better. Deal, you gotta, right? Money, right? They were offering us a lot of money at DreamWorks, but the deal structure, but the deal wasn't, structure was at, at Atlantic, and I, I, it makes me very happy to hear this because y'all went with the deal structure. Yes, and most well, people well, make no, that no, mistake. No, no, no. Trey wanted to go with for, the money. He wanted to go with Brian Postel. He wanted yeah. to go with the money. Um, and then, honestly, uh, three of us we decided to pray about it. Mm. We decided to pray about it and fast on it. Yeah, because me and Delante were convinced. Mm-hmm. But he trades the artist. Yeah. So it was like, it's his ultimate decision. Right. Um, and here's the funny part. Upon doing that, I remember being in L.A. one time. 
and I was walking down Sunset. And I was going to, I think I was going, either going to or coming from Tower Records. I got a, I got a phone call on my cell. <laughs> and it was like, yo, did you hear? I was like, hear what? Yo, yo, DreamWorks shut down. They closed their, they closed their label. Wow. So, you know, uh, what's his name? Steven Spielberg had mm. closed the depart the, the, the record. The department. record side of it. And it was like, whoa, no, seriously? Like, yeah, nah, there's no more, there's no more label, yeah. you know, record label. I, I really was wondering that because I'm like, dang, I don't remember DreamWorks as a label. Oh, no, they, they was big. Yeah. It was okay. big. It was big. And guess who worked there? Who was that? Later on in years. Who? Timmy Registry. <laughs> wow, wow! But, but, but I'm not getting to that part because yeah. that was later on. Yeah. But in this in this stage of it, um, no, actually earlier on it was Timmy. Timmy had moved over there, the and yeah, and so we kind of con- continued our relationship with that. But then t- by this point of trade, Tim mm-hmm. Timmy was gone. Was gone. Um, but I was just saying, Timmy yeah. actually, I forgot, to, yeah, I forgot about that. He yeah. actually worked at DreamWorks, but. We thought about it. Like, if we had signed with DreamWorks, we'd have been stuck. We'd have been out. Because, yeah. I mean, we've seen that happen to mm-hmm. artists, especially mm-hmm. uh, when Jive, was it Jive, right? Mm-hmm. When Jive closed. Closed down, yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, well, what's Brian Postel doing? Like, they, they fired the whole staff. Damn. So we would have gotten stuck. So yeah. it all came but, down to Atlantic. But but still with the deal structure, if you don't mind me asking, especially in, in this platform, what was better about that deal structure? Like, what points or terms that said, okay, I like this better? Um, actually, we got everything we asked for. Okay. We weren't really focused on the money. money. Mm-hmm. We were focusing on the term, how many songs, how many albums. Yeah. So we got six albums. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Record comes to be 10 albums. You know what I mean? Yeah. We got Back six then, for albums. Sure. And, um, you know, some of the deal points that I can't remember now, but that our attorney went hard on yeah. and Atlantic agreed, yeah. which they don't normally do on certain things. So right. it was a pretty fair deal. Now let me ask you this, because I don't want to skip over your greatness, because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they gave you those terms because you are who you are. Well, so, Craig, Craig yeah. Kalman and I, we had a relationship yeah. for years. Like I said, Mike didn't know me, but um, when it came time for everything to come together and Craig found out it was with me, with you. Yeah. then kind of like... Yeah, that grease the wheels. Yeah, they gotta, yeah, it's like, oh, try, oh, I didn't know yeah. that was your artist. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. So, what we were asking for wasn't like a, a, like crazy. It was just yeah. fair. It was fair. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jr. McKee here. Listen to all of my artists, managers, and executives. It's time to evolve into the streaming business. I'm the number one streaming executive in the industry with over 30 platinum and gold records in the last two years alone. I've been teaching everybody how to do what I do. So if you're interested in breaking through in the streaming business, go ahead and enroll in my masterclass to join my stream team community. The link's in the bio. Or visit our website, thestreamteam.club. Real, real quick, going back up them 12 years, Mm because again, I know because of you or you at that point, it made it happen. Mm-hmm. Give us some of those twelve year highlights. Like, give us some of those. I know we mentioned Sweet Lady. Like, give mm-hmm. us some of those highlights. Um, man, the highlights was me just really becoming a, a producer writer for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, take six. I ended up working with Take Six. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it didn't come out. But you work with him. But I worked with him. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Something else. Um, there's so many different things that 
that I got in the first 12 years. Yeah. Um, I learned so much, you know, and, and Charles and I, we had a great run. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think the, there was, okay, so there was the characters. There was Ellie and Face. There was Jam and Lewis. Yeah. And that was kind of our, our right. like, big goal. Uh, the the one thing that Jam and Lewis in L.A. and Face had that we didn't have was Clarence Avon. Yeah. We never met Clarence, the yeah. godfather, the, the black godfather. We never met him. Yeah. Uh, that would have been great because what he did for Jam and Lewis, he ended up doing for L.A. and Face. So we yeah. needed someone yeah. to come in. and. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly hoping to like play that role like i watched that and i'm like man like that's what i want to be man, that's the awesome. role I, I like to play and so like a lot of the artists whether i end up even working with them or not i stay very close to them mm-hmm. and, and make sure whatever they need i make sure they get it yeah and so i'm very connector. much trying to play that role for this generation yeah. mm-hmm. that's what's up okay all right so after the trade deal right you you have your first successful artist under mm-hmm. songbook yes What's going through your mind at that point? Like, how do how do you how are you feeling at that point? I'm feeling like, wow, this is crazy. Like, yeah. um, I didn't, I, I don't even think I imagined all of that. Mm-hmm. All of that came as it was happening. Yeah. That wasn't a goal of mine, right? You know what I mean? I didn't see that happening, but uh, just you know, starting off with Trey, and, and it's so funny because you know Trey's artist you know that he loved R&B wise was always R Kelly. Yeah. So we got the whole uh, he sounds like a broke down R Kelly. He sounds like a R Kelly wannabe. Everybody says that normally with new artists. Yes. They're going to sound like somebody, somebody. when they yeah. first come out. Yeah. And so Trey embraced it because you know he liked R Kelly's music. So um but as time went on slowly but surely Trey developed his sound. Yeah. And became Trey songs. Um so just watching that whole progression and just seeing something from 15 years old to, let's see, all the way up to the first album, second album, and then the third album's when he broke. Yeah. So it was like just to see that whole transition happening and a star being created was yeah. interesting. I, I, when you just said that, that made me think, like you said, it took three albums mm-hmm. for him to break. Mm-hmm. Even even being on Atlantic mm-hmm. from, from day one, right? Mm-hmm. And most people, they don't know that. No. They don't know that even if you sign to a major, it still takes time. It takes time. You know what I mean? You can't, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't beat time. You don't it's, even want it to happen quick, though. Yeah. You, you, you want it to be a building process because then yes. you build it on that solid foundation. Yep. That, you know what I mean? That keeps you going forever. Yeah. So in the beginning, uh, Mike Karen wanted to prove that, you know, he knew R&B. Yeah. Or he could do R&B. But he couldn't do it better than me. Yeah. So, so he fought us on the making of building of Trey's music and sound yeah. because he had something to prove. Right. But I'm like, Craig, stop him. I'm, <laughs> you know I can do this. Like right. I don't need don't him need telling to. me how to make records or, right. or what record to choose. And so the first album came out two years after it was done. Mm. And so the songs kind of skewed a little dated and it seemed yeah. like it seemed like Trey was more mature than he really was. Than he was, yeah. And then the second album, Def Jam came over. So Kevin Lyle, Julie Greenwald, Mike Kaiser, they were at Def Jam. They came, came over to Atlantic. to Atlantic. Yeah. So now we're under a Mike Karen is still there, but we're under a whole new regime. Yeah. Craig is still there, but Julie and Kaiser and all of them, they were kind of like, and, and, and uh, Kevin Lyles, they were kind of like leading the way. Right. So we had to build a new relationship with them. Um, and that resulted us using Nokio from Drew Hill as an mm. A&R. Okay. Because he was Kevin's boy. 
Okay, got you. So we used him, and then we built a relationship with Nokia. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be that second album that uh, got Can't Help But Wait, Wonder Woman, Last yeah. Time. There were some songs, though. There was, yeah. Mm, yeah, but it was still the politics of it that we were still fighting it against. Wasn't, yes, yeah. that we were fighting against, but it wouldn't be until Ready yeah. that he would become. Yeah, still pro- mm-hmm. probably a top three R&B album all time. I don't want everybody to fight me, so I'm not going to say number one. But, <laughs> no, you don't have but, to. But you don't have to. Definitely a top three. I would say in, in, in my age frame, it's the best album okay. that has ever come that's out. That's fair. Since, since I've been an adult. Mm-hmm. That's the best R&B album that's come out since I've been an adult. Like, it's not even close. Mm-hmm. It's not even like Ready. It's, oh my God, that shit is amazing, yeah, man. It has some great moments. So. That shit is, was so good, man. So that... Man, Troy, hold up. <laughs> I appreciate, is, I appreciate that, that album is so special. So, okay, so let me ask you this. You had pretty much full control already. Yes. You know what I mean? You had got mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, okay, they're going to let me do my No, thing. they ain't let me do nothing. We yeah. did what we wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and when I say that, I say that respectfully because um, it was his third album, and their attitude was, hey, listen, if this doesn't work. Yeah. So with that, we did anticipation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. R&B mixtape that wasn't people yeah. weren't doing back then like, I remember it. all the rappers were doing it but the R&B people weren't doing it so we did that off the re- off the record like yeah. we made the CDs and we put them in the sneaker stores yeah I remember they couldn't touch that but they did not like it Mike Karen none of them they they did not yeah. appreciate that but it's dope that you had to take it in matters into your own mm-hmm. hands in order to get that breakthrough. Yes. And a lot, man. I, so I, I've I've had a few JVs at this point, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, man, the only person that ever let me do what I wanted was Joey Ie. Okay. So shout out to him. Mm-hmm. But every other relationship I ever had, man, it was like having handcuffs mm-hmm. on. <laughs> you know? I know. And, the which feeling. is why I'm such pro independent now. Like why I won't sign my artist to a label now because mm-hmm. like I, you're not putting them handcuffs yeah. on me again. Yeah. yeah. But Joey Ie, shout out to him. Like he really let me do. What I wanted with K Camp, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But they, bro, they 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 handcuff you, and so the hand you had to like maneuver your way out of that yes. and say, "I'm gonna find a way to get this guy where I need to get him on my own." Mm-hmm. I'm a, I ain't gonna tell the label nothing. I'm gonna go out here. I'm gonna press these CDs up, right. and that's what y'all did. That's what we and did. y'all were game changing because y'all were the first. Yes, you know what I mean. Yep. Okay, all right. So so wasn't was ready done before anticipation. No, anticipation was songs that were supposed to be for the album that we realized uh, these songs have a sound. Yeah, this is a sound. Like let's put this out. Okay, you know what I mean this. That's this, and we just that was that dark, moody yeah. sound that we had songs just sitting there that all had that that vibe. And we just put a project put, together with it. And put out, and, and so then, did y'all go back in after that and do Ready? No, we were still working. The whole time? Mm-hmm, the whole time. We just okay. took these songs over here and said, let's do Let's, let's get it out there. Yeah. And brilliant move. And yeah. that's how we got Trey songs. That's how we got Ready. That was a brilliant move, man. That was amazing. Okay, so... Now that we, now that, cause, cause we, we still are only halfway into your career. Mm-hmm. We still have a whole nother half, mm-hmm. a whole nother half to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so your artist is huge. Like, what, what are you, what are your next steps? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Let's go back. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, let's go back, cause what a, a big factor in making ready. Yeah, a big thing uh, during ready. I was going through my divorce. Wow. So you talk about the worst. Part of my life wow. is having to make this album 
while I'm going, going through a through divorce that. because I have this career, his, this kid's career in my hand. Um, I lived in Texas at the time. And so I was working in Atlanta. Mm. I was working out here on the album. But, dude, being a father, my son was like eight. And Jeez. just, you know, I didn't, I never had a dad. Okay. So I envisioned myself being, being like, that dad that, dad being that I never had. Yeah. And so, but at the same time, I had to be here making that album. Yeah. So going through that divorce while working on this, this Ready album, it was, was not good. Yeah. Ah, so you were in a, in a in a quite a dark space. Mm, very dark. So yeah. can I ask you did you put any of that into the music? Uh yeah. So so here's it spiritually speaking. Mm-hmm. So I'm at this point going through this divorce that was not my divorce. I didn't feel like it was a re- there was a reason to divorce. We needed counseling. So I yeah. was angry and I was also angry at God. Yeah, for in my mind for allowing her yeah. to do this. So on one half it's like I can't do anything about this, but I can do something about this. Yeah. So God is saying focus on what you can do. Mm-hmm. I'll take care of this. Yeah. And it was just every night cuz at that point I was staying at Delante's house mm-hmm. in his basement and I'm like I have a beautiful home in Texas. Why am I on this basement floor yeah you know what i mean like like as if i don't have right but at the same time so remember charles yeah Yeah. so uh four and a half years i was gone Mm i had moved on and four and a half years later the irs hits me with not the money to hit me with stuff that happened while i was gone yeah and they hit me hard because they the business was still operational. Because when I left, mm-hmm. I didn't take my names off Out the, the business. Businesses. Yeah. So I was still linked name wise. Right. So whatever he was doing, right, came back to hunt. Came both back of y'all. to haunt me because yeah. he wasn't responding to them. Mm. So they saw me. They saw me still working, making money, yeah. and being sick. They're like, "Yo, we're we're getting this, and if you want that, you got to get him." Yeah. So it left me with, whoa. During oh During dude, the making, no no so it was divorce bad. the money yeah no. that's I was I was down literally to nothing while I was making money.